Well, good morning and welcome to The Morning Fix. I am your host, Amy Shepard. Morning Fix is a podcast series brought to you by the 510K Cafe. We interview medical technology leaders to discuss trends, innovations, and the future of marketing and communications in the medtech industry. Today, I'm thrilled to speak with Helmi Eltuki. Helmi is the co-founder and CEO of Garden Health, an oncology company with a mission to conquer cancer with data. Under his leadership, Garden Health launched the first comprehensive liquid biopsy that went public in 2018. And in August of 2020, the company's Garden 360 CDX became the industry's first FDA-approved liquid biopsy for comprehensive genomic profiling. Helmi holds a PhD in electrical engineering from Stanford University and has received numerous recognitions, including a spot on Time Magazine's inaugural 50 Most Influential People in Healthcare. So we are so Super excited to host Helmi today. Welcome. Well, thank you, Amy. Uh, Really excited to be on uh, your show today. Well, Helmi, you have an impressive background in engineering and technology, and our listeners love to hear about our guests' backgrounds, where they came from, and how they got to where they are today. So tell us about yours, including uh, your time at Garden Health. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's been quite a journey. I uh, started uh, many years ago at Stanford, uh, actually in electrical engineering, and uh, started working on the tail end of the human genome project around uh, 2000, right when that first uh, human genome was uh, was sequenced. And the idea back then was, you know, I think the first human genome cost $3 billion and took 10 years uh, to, to sequence. And clearly, it's uh, important for uh, humanity to be able to do that uh, more than once. And so uh, I was working on a project to use uh, semiconductors to uh, lower the cost and increase the speed of, of sequencing. And uh, that became uh, Illumina. I was there for almost five years. And when I left, um, we had gotten to a really critical milestone, which is a $1,000 genome. So enormous um, decrease in cost. And, uh, and you know, there was a lot of excitement there at, around that time in terms of what the applications could be in terms of human health. Um, you know, how could this low-cost sequencing really impact uh, disease areas that really hadn't been improved for so many years. And, you know, oncology really being, uh, and cancer really being a disease of the genome, um, certainly having this kind of newfound capability of very low cost and very available uh, massively parallel sequencing was something that we believe uh, could have made a a huge difference. And so that was back in uh, kind of eight, nine years ago when my co-founder and I, Amir Ali, we, we were both at Illumina and we decided to leave uh, to help uh, start Gardent and really tackle, um, you know, age-old challenges uh, in cancer with the ultimate goal being uh, early detection of disease at uh, annual physical. So tell us about a little more about Garden Health and um, and specifically liquid biopsies. And what is your vision for how liquid biopsies will transform cancer care? Yeah, one of the challenges with cancer and why it's been so difficult to treat is that, you know, it's a disease of the genome, as I mentioned. And so, you know, how cancer arises is really these mistakes in the genome. Uh, We have a trillion cells in our body and each one of them really has, uh, you know, largely the same genetic makeup. The three billion letters that make up our genetic code are uh, almost uh, exactly the same in each and uh, every one of the cells in our body. But as mutations arise, as mistakes arise, um, you know, that's why sun damage or eating the wrong things can 
uh, increase the rate of these mistakes, can, can generate damage in the DNA. Uh, that damage can essentially uh, give rise to cancer. And so you, you get unlucky. It's a game of uh, Russian roulette where you have uh, mistakes in some genes that cause the cells to go haywire and grow out of control. And so really the key to, to unlocking cancer and conquering it is really to understand those mistakes, uh, understand essentially um, those early changes uh, in that genetic code that give rise to the disease and detect it uh, and detect those changes as early as possible. Um, but the challenge though is, you know, if you have a, have a tumor somewhere in the body, you physically have to go in uh, through a biopsy or through surgery cut it out, and then sequence the DNA inside that tumor. That's a very invasive process, and, um, you know, it's just it's not an easy process. You can't dynamically monitor, you know, how those changes, uh, uh, you know, are happening. Those changes are ever constant as well as, you know, the reason that patients who are placed on therapies um, often uh, respond well initially and then uh, relapse is, you know, just like, you know, we're seeing with the pandemic where the virus keeps mutating, um, it's the same thing with cancer. It's changing over time. Um, it's trying to find ways to evade um, the drug that uh, is being applied uh, to that patient. Uh, so it's always trying to outsmart our best defenses. And so that's really having an ability to come in almost in real time, non-invasively, let's say through a simple blood test, um, is just groundbreaking because it means we can essentially see where the cancer is, see what's driving it, see the changes, you know, see how it's growing, see how it's responding to therapy. And so that really was our vision behind Garden, which was, you know, let's break free from essentially this need to go in through surgery, through biopsies to, to see cancer. Um, and if that same ability could be unlocked through a simple blood test, across all stages of the disease, not just in late stage, but uh, certainly for early detection as well, we could uh, completely transform how uh, cancer is uh, not only treated, but how it's managed. Wow, that's incredible. Talk about clinical practice application and what do you think it will take for liquid biopsies to be used within clinical practices? Yeah, so it's been a it's been a long journey so far. We launched uh, the first uh, comprehensive liquid biopsy, the first clinical one, in 2014. So it's almost uh, been seven years since we launched our first product. The metho methodology behind the the company was, you know, we wanted to get to the goal of using liquid biopsies for early detection, where you know certainly if you find cancer as early as possible, you have the best chances of curing uh, those individuals through surgery or through other means. But we also have a very healthy respect for the complexity of human biology. Uh, one of the tenets we have at Garden is really what we call intellectual humility. And so we wanted to start with you know, applications that we thought would be uh, easier to address. And that starts with the, the advanced cancer patient population. So these are stage three, stage four patients. Um, across all solid tumors, so lung cancer, prostate cancer, breast cancer, and so on, um, really uh, providing them and their physicians a means of uh, monitoring the tumor, detecting the, the mutations that are driving that tumor, and matching them to the best possible available therapies through a simple blood test, really obviating the need for a, uh, you know invasive biopsy. 
And so that's the product we launched um, called Garden 360 back in 2014. And I'm happy to say that um, there are about 12 to 14,000 oncologists in the U.S. and um, nearly 10,000 of them have ordered our test today. So it's it's really becoming something that is largely a standard of care, especially in lung cancer, where biopsies are very invasive and can be very dangerous. Um, and so it's it's we've really come a long way um, in the last uh, seven years since this product uh, has been uh, has been launched. Uh, it recently got an FDA approval last year uh, with Garden 360, and we've recently uh, got another uh, FDA. Uh, approval for a new drug uh, for lung cancer patients as well, just um, uh, just a few weeks ago, and so we're we're very excited by kind of what the future holds for this new um, paradigm of testing in advanced cancer. It's it's already kind of you know well underway, and I think we're uh, we're in that really sweet spot of seeing um, you know the majority of the patients in the, in the near uh, future get tested through liquid biopsies. So is that what you just referenced? The I know about the Garden 360 response. Is this the new test that uh, that is recently come to market? No, that's a, that's a newer one. So the so Garden 360 uh, CDX, you can think of it as that first time point, the first test you take to create a sort of a roadmap for uh, for a patient's disease, basically. You know, what from a precision medicine point of view, you know, what what's the genetic makeup of the tumor and what are the best available drugs to um, really uh, match that patient to? Then Darden response is something that, um, you know, we're very excited about because it truly um, leverages the unique benefits and capabilities of liquid biopsy. Um, when you think about that first time point of, you know, figuring out what the what the genetic makeup is. Um, and not needing a biopsy, that's sort of that that you know n equals one time point where you're 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 just trying to replace what tissue biopsies do today. What Garden Response will actually do, you can think of it as a sort of blood test that's a CT scan for uh, for monitoring the disease. So the challenge today is you put a patient on a on a therapy. Um, you know, you don't have a hundred percent response rate. Some therapies are only thirty percent response, so you're not really sure if that therapy is working. And the way that um, you know that's assessed today is through a CT scan three months or six months later. And so you have all this kind of hoping and waiting, and um, you know, when when no one is really sure if the if the drug is is working. And so you have patients being put on often very toxic and um, you know, very harsh chemotherapies, um, uh, you know, during this kind of, uh, you know, three to six month uh, waiting process versus with Garden 360 response, this is a simple blood test. So it's a, a t- another test that will be taken um, just a few weeks after treatment initiation. And, uh, you know, the, the data is um, really impressive. Essentially, with that test, you can tell if the patient's responding or not to therapy uh, in a quantitative way. So they don't have to go through a CT scan. They don't have to go to, um, you know, a kind of central, you know, radiology clinic. Um, We can even send a, you know, phlebotomist to a patient's home. Um, And so it's a very simple process, very simple, you know, blood test to really understand if the patient's responding or not to therapy. And if they're not, then they can be quickly uh, changed uh, to uh, hopefully a more effective therapy. And time is the most important factor when you think about late stage 
cancer patients. And, and this, we believe, is a revolutionary product that is going to open up um, the dimension of time, the, this idea of adaptively managing therapy, um, really to, 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 to stay one step ahead of the disease. Um, so this is really a new era of liquid biopsy. Wow. So you, so I know we're, we're talking about testing. You are also developing tests for early stage cancer patients with one commercially available product and another that you are researching. Can you tell us more about your work and vision in this area? Yeah. So it's, it's along the lines that, you know, I, I outlined initially, which was, we're sort of working backwards with the uh, sickest patients first or the most advanced patients first. Uh, towards an uh, inexorable march towards uh, early detection. And, you know, that second uh, kind of stepping stone is uh, developing tools for early stage cancer patients. So stage one, stage two patients. These are patients where, um, for the most part, they're curable through surgery or through um, adjuvant chemotherapy. The challenge with those individuals, though, is there aren't really good means today for following those patients, for detecting recurrence. Um, so let's say a stage two patient, you know, may have, you know, a, uh, you know, a resection, let's say a breast cancer patient may have a lumpectomy or a mastectomy. And afterwards, a surgeon tells, um, you know, her that she's fine. Don't worry. We got it all. The margins look clear. But, you know, I think I can tell you that, you know, the next week, the next month, that patient is worried, you know, is my cancer going to come back? You know, is it really gone? And unfortunately, there's just no good follow-on tests for those individuals. And so we launched um, just a couple months ago a test called Garden Reveal. And a Garden Reveal um, is a really a powerful test where um, just a few weeks after surgery, um, essentially, we can, we can take a blood draw. And we can detect uh, sort of remnants of the disease if it's still there. And it, you know, the performance is, um, you know, is really unmatched. It has nearly 100% um, accuracy um, for detecting the disease. So if, if the disease, uh, if, we, if there's a positive signal from that test, um, basically 100% specificity that that patient will recur. So it's a very kind of clear way of uh, detecting recurrence. Um, and especially in that early stage setting where, you know, post-surgery, a uh, physician, the patient wants to know, you know, how scorched earth to go against uh, the disease. Should they be taking a whole bunch of extra chemotherapy because there's a high chance that the surgery wasn't successful? So this is really a, a powerful new tool in the arsenal of oncologists. Um, initially, we launched it uh, for colorectal cancer. And so that's the, the, the first cancer that this uh, test um, is addressing. And uh, later on, we'll be uh, expanding it to multiple cancer types. And so that's in that cancer survivor, early stage cancer setting. There, just to put into perspective in terms of these different uh, patient populations, the late stage market, um, advanced cancer market, there are about a million uh, individuals in the U.S., the cancer survivor population is about 15 million um, uh, cancer survivors. And, you know, the last, um, you know, area we've made a tremendous progress in is early detection. And so, as you alluded to, we have a trial called Eclipse, and that's a 10,000 patient trial. So a very large trial um, where, uh, once again, colorectal is the, the first cancer type we're addressing. And 
you know, our aim is to essentially give uh, patients another option than a colonoscopy for screening for colorectal cancer. Um, you know, no one really wants to go through the, the, you know, the process and prep and so on of a colonoscopy. And so this, uh, if this trial is successful, we would have a blood test that essentially has very high performance that could be an alternative uh, to, uh, to that procedure. Wow. Well, you have incredible technology and, you know, the, the fight against, against cancer is, or the war against cancer is never ending. So it's unbelievable to hear the discoveries that you're, you and your team are coming up with. It's great. Talk about your new initiative to raise awareness of the important role complete biomarker testing plays in treatment decisions for newly diagnosed advanced um, diseases. Uh, there is a, uh, an, an initiative called Clear Your View. I was fascinated to hear more about that campaign. Yeah, no, thank you, Amy. It's, it's something we're uh, you know, very uh, proud of. Um, you know, there's an unfortunate kind of situation going on in terms of testing for advanced cancer patients. We call uh, this maybe the, the other pandemic that, that's going on where, you know, you, you have all these breakthrough drugs that have been approved, um, you know, all these therapies you were, with billions of dollars spent to develop them. And they truly are life-changing and game-changing in this space. Yet, um, what you're finding is that, you know, often less than 20%, you know, maybe less than 30% of patients are actually tested for those drugs. And so, you know, with Garden360, we see, you know, these patient stories that come in where, you know, a patient's gone through multiple lines of treatment um, and, you know, really not having uh, any luck. And then as a sort of last resort, a physician may say, oh, let's let's try, you know, Garden360, uh, you know, liquid biopsy. Uh, we, we haven't uh, ordered that yet. And, you know, physician will order it, and you know, uh, one of these key mutations will come back with you know one of these targeted therapies, um, you know, as an option. And you know, those patients, instead of going to hospice, will often have a tremendous result where you know they're you know they, they have a, certainly a, another year or two of very high quality life. They're able to go to a you know daughter's graduation or a wedding or so on, and. Um, and so those are fantastic stories, you know, in terms of, you know, being able to help uh, those individuals and those families in that way. But they're sort of bittersweet. Um, you know, the fact that it took, you know, a couple years in that patient's journey and their um, sort of uh, clinical odyssey that they're going through, uh, you know, and that they weren't tested up front um, and matched to, you know, that targeted therapy is really unfortunate. And so that's really where, you know, we're working and partnering with a number of stakeholders in the field, um, including uh, most of the major advocacy groups, to really bring awareness to the fact that, you know, these drugs shouldn't be sitting on shelves collecting dust. We shouldn't leave any patients left behind. We should be testing everyone up front so that, you know, we can make sure we're matching uh, those individuals with the best possible therapies. And just to give you a perspective on what the difference could mean, um, let's say in lung cancer, between being matched to the right therapy and not, the average life expectancy for a metastatic lung cancer patient that's newly diagnosed is only 11 months. Um, so, you know, every day matters, uh, every decision matters. Only 50% of those patients 
get a second shot at a second line of therapy. So it's really critical to get it right, uh, you know, the first time. You know, the difference between being put on the right therapy and the wrong therapy is, you know, really an average of two to three years of overall survival versus, you know, only one year of overall survival. So you're talking about, you know, doubling or tripling kind of high quality life expectancy of those uh, individuals, you know, if they're put in the right therapy. And right now we estimate that only 20 to 30 percent of patients are being tested for those drugs that are currently in guidelines. And so, you know, there's a wide gap between where the guidelines sit and where clinical practice is today. And, you know, we're, we're very, uh, I think, um, you know, proud to have uh, spearheaded and be part of this Clear Your View campaign to really shine a light to this problem that uh, continues to exist today. A lot of our listeners are marketers, Helmi, and love to hear successful marketing campaign stories. What have you learned from this campaign? And was there anything that you would repeat or anything that you would um, do again to reach these populations for improved outcomes? Yeah, one thing that's unique about this campaign is that you know, you won't see Garden's uh, name on it. It's an unbranded, you know, campaign. And and so, you know, our viewpoint was let's shine a light on the problem and do it in a way that is, you know, unbranded is a way that, you know, is really outside of Garden because it's such an important, such a critical problem. And, you know, I think if if that's solved, then, you know, whatever the best solutions are out there for solving it and addressing it, you know, should be used. And so I think it's, you know, I think that philosophy has gone a long way in making sure that we're able to, you know, work with all of the stakeholders, you know, in the field, or at least the majority of them, to really come together to just say, it's all hands on deck, let's solve this problem. Because, you know, this is, the nice thing is with this, with this solution or with this, you know, with the proposed solution of more testing is that it's a win-win-win. Um, essentially, Patients get put on better drugs, they live longer, so you have increase in overall survival. It turns out that it's actually cheaper. We waste a lot of money in the system um, by putting uh, individuals on these ineffective and often very expensive uh, therapies. And, uh, you know, at, at the same time, it's, you know, and, and certainly there are stakeholders on the pharma side, the payer side, you know, government affairs side and so on that would benefit in terms of, you know, outcomes if we could get to 100% testing. And so, I think it's it was focusing on really the commonality and the problem itself rather than one particular solution. That makes sense. I we, I love that. I love the whole idea of you know not necessarily focusing on the branding, but really the the solution and and reaching these patient populations. We wish you so much continued success in these campaigns and and more to come in the future. For sure. Thank you. Well, Helmi, I think that's about it in terms of my serious questions. Um, <laughs> we always have one final question that we ask our guests. And since you were here on the Morning Fix, we would love to know what do you do for your Morning Fix and how do you get your day started so you can affect so much positive change uh, in the way that you do? <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's uh, not my uh, four-year-old jumping into bed and <laughs> waking me up uh, in in the morning. It's uh, <laughs> it's uh, usually I try to get a little bit of a workout in the morning. It's nice to kind of get the blood flowing, and uh, I'm a I'm a light uh, breakfast type of guy, so I usually don't eat much. Just have a couple cups of coffee, and then um, 
I'm ready to go. Uh, so that's, I have a pretty simple routine and it's one that, you know, I just, uh, the work we do is, is just so fantastic. These patient stories that come in and knowing that, you know, the impact we can have is, you know, 10 to a hundred times greater in the future, I think is, is uh, what, what uh, you know, adds fuel to my fire every morning. That's great. Well, I, I believe you're out in the Bay Area. And uh, do, or, um, I don't know if, you, if you're a Pete's Coffee. I used to be a Pete's Coffee fan when I lived in San Francisco. And <laughs> yeah. Oh, Pete's is fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> All you need is a couple of cups of Pete's Coffee and you can, you can change the world for sure. That's for sure. <laughs> that yeah, is, it's one of the strongest sure. ones well, out there. That's yeah. great. Helmi, thank you so much for your time and thoughts. We feel so lucky to have you here. Um, we have interviewed so many fantastic industry leaders, and you were certainly one of them. And, and thank you for sharing your message today. Oh, thank you for your kind words. And uh, it was a pleasure to be on your show. Thank you again, Amy. Our pleasure. And thank you to all of our listeners. We hope you've been enjoying this series. Please be on the lookout for more interviews from medical technology leaders. And thank you for tuning into the Morning Fix by 510K Cafe.